When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. It's Shep Hyken here. We're back with another episode of Amazing Business Radio. We have a great interview today. So before I get into that, Let's talk about a couple of announcements that I always have. And if you've listened to the show, you know what it's about. If you've got an amazing customer service story or an experience that you would like to share, please go to all the social media channels because I am there. You can share it there. If it's a question, I would love to hear your questions. You can go on any of the channels and use the hashtag Ask Shep. I'll either answer the question there on this show in my newsletter or on my TV show, which is Be Amazing or Go Home, which can be found on Amazon Prime, Apple TV, Roku, um, and even now YouTube. We put the episodes on YouTube so everybody can get them no matter where they are, anywhere in the world. Just go to beamazing.tv. All right, let's jump right into it. We have Jen Lim today, and Jim is the CEO, Jen, not Jim, and Jen is the CEO and co-founder of Delivering Happiness, and I have seen her speak on a number of occasions. I have read the original book, uh, Delivering Happiness, which was by Tony Shea, in which she is, as I mentioned, CEO and co-founder of the company, and now she's here to talk about our new book, Beyond Happiness, and it is a great book. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Shep. I can be Jem too, if you want. You are that's a gem. Come more come. <laughs> You're a gem in the world of business. How's that? <laughs> All right. That sounds great. <laughs> so I was just, Thanks, you know, it's my tongue twisting and I talk fast and I think, you know, it's like my mind thinks further than I am. It's like yeah. I grew up real fast. When I was seven, I was actually 12. So it, <laughs> it happens. <laughs> anyway, well, let's jump into this. First of all, quick little background on yourself. And for, the, I can't imagine you'd have to be like living like, in the backwoods under a rock somewhere not to know about Zappos and the late, great Tony Shea, who was your partner in this whole delivering happiness thing. So let's start there. I want to go back just a little step before we get into the new book, Beyond Happiness. Talk about what where it started with delivering happiness. Yeah, of course. Uh, so back in 2010, Tony and I launched the book, Delivering Happiness, and uh, lo and behold, it uh, actually did pretty decently, you know, New York Times bestseller. Understatement, like that. understatement. <laughs> it did more than pretty decently. <laughs> if it's not on your bookshelf, get it. And while you're getting it, get the new one too. <laughs> Thanks, Chef. Yeah, so uh, coming out of that, we just didn't really know what we were going to do with it and, and realized during our crazy uh, cross-country bus tour that we did to help launch the book, um, realized that there was a business that could come out of it, um, knowing that people were, funny to say, you know, wanted happiness and wanted to be happy at work. So that's when it evolved to a company, um, kind of funny side story. He, he kind of remembered this moment. He's like, you know, 
I never really asked you if you wanted to do this, did I? And in terms of, you know, running the company as a CEO. And I'm like, nope, you never really did. But it just seemed so natural, um, the way things were flowing, the way that, you know, people were receiving the message. And in general, just knowing that what we, you know, did at, at Zappos, and I was a contractor there for, you know, several years, or a consultant, excuse me, um, and seeing that work at Zappos, we knew that there could be something more for other organizations and companies. And so that became the new charter of how can we actually take this Petri dish of experimentation of scientific happiness in Zappos and actually distill it into you know, methodologies and, and uh, frameworks so that other organizations and companies can use it as well. So that was basically the genesis of the company back then. And wow. so for us, yeah. Well, I've never heard, uh, uh, I guess, the term happiness tied into a Petri dish in scientific study. <laughs> That's pretty interesting. <laughs> but really, there's, there's, I mean, I think it's important to understand that this isn't a one-off type of thing. This worked, and there was a lot of research and thought that went into this. And as a result, uh, what came out of that first book was really, to me, as I go back, and I haven't read it in a while, but when I read it, I read it a lot. I reviewed it. I wrote about it. Uh, I loved the book. And it really was, uh, to me, about how you create this culture that gets people mm -hmm. uh, to love what they do. And when they do that, who, who benefits from that? And, and obviously yeah. the employee, but definitely the customers. That's one of the reasons customers love doing business with that company. So yeah. now we've got a new book. It's called Beyond Happiness how to, uh, or how authentic leaders prioritize purpose and people for growth and impact. So we're going to go not just in the culture today. I want to go into the leadership that's going to drive this culture. That's going to drive a better place to work, which obviously has a great impact on the customer experience. So where yeah. do you want to start? We could start in well, chapter one and take our time and be here for four or five hours, but <laughs> let's just start with we the general can... premise of like, you yeah. know, why the book, well, you know, why for why? leaders? Yeah, so just to build on what you just talked about, like the whole formula and how, um, you know, because I know you're, you're, you're a specialist and an expert in the customer experience uh, realm, that equation that we've been using back with delivering happiness has been working for a long time in terms of our belief was, and still is, uh, happier, happier employees equals happier customers, equals more profitable and sustainable business, but also you're creating more meaningful life. Bang, Lives, tweet you know? that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that formula has, you know, encapsulate what our work has been done, like the work we've been doing at Zappos and then beyond it, delivering happiness with companies around the world. But for me, to answer your question about why this book now, it ran its course, I mean, we were, you're doing pretty amazing stuff from like the government of Dubai to, to Starbucks and to seeing this Petri dish actually become <laughs> something more proven in a formulaic way. So several years into it, though, I would say probably for me, four or five years, I felt there was some difference in, in shifts in, in what we were seeing in, in, in organizations, number one, so org design, and then number two, the world. And there's just like a lot of changes that were, you know, beyond our control. Like we were seeing the future of work come in. What does that mean? So companies were trying to think bigger and more long-term instead of short-term gain. So that's when I started noodling on what needs to change within our model. And that's kind of how the genesis of this book came out. It's like, I realized that with all these changes around us, there was a bigger level of ownership and, and need for us 
as leaders to be real and to be authentic to ourselves and what that starts with and how we build cultures, like really strong, vibrant, resilient, and uh, sustainable cultures by being that authentic leader. So I saw that sort of happening over the last several years. And then, of course, you know, 2020 hit. And we well, that all was an interesting year. As a matter of fact, yeah. I don't remember much of anything that year. Do you? <laughs> no, I don't know. We, we should talk really about weird. that some Wasn't more. it last yeah. year we saw each other? No, it was two years ago. Yeah, you know, exactly. Because this I don't know like if you're this experiencing that. Total yeah. major, major blip in our lifespan. Mm -hmm. And uh, every day was Blur's Day, and we just didn't know what's going on. So <laughs> every that... day was Blur's Day. Perfect. <laughs> so for me, when that hit, and that's the whole, I talk about the, the reset of, of humanity, because all of a sudden the whole world was going through this uh, set of shifts and huge ways and needs to adapt. And so, you know, one thing after another, just uh, the pandemic and then uh, recession, global recession, and then, of course, the social unrest. And for me, and of course, everyone has their own individual like 2020 story, like where were you in 2020 BC before COVID and where were you after it? So for me, of course, that um, culminated in my most unexpected, uh, you know, unfathomable event of Tony passing. Yeah, that um, was very sad. I mean, it was it was tough to take. And I can tell you're emotional right now. Yeah, it is. It's uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's still fresh, you know, it just still feels like it just happened in so many ways. And it's yeah, I just sometimes don't believe that it's true. <laughs> it well, doesn't feel it, real. It, there's a lot of people that love Tony and will mm -hmm. always love Tony and what he did for our world of business, mm -hmm. not just the retail world, not just the online world. But I mean, I can't tell you, I've, I've been all over the world and been at programs where he has been speaking mm -hmm. and he impacts people or he did impact people's lives. I think he's going to continue to do so. And you're carrying on this mm -hmm. torch that the two of you started. Uh, mm -hmm. It's not dying. It's It only mm -hmm. needs to be stronger. And so thank you for doing that. Yeah. Well, thank you for saying that. Uh, that really hits home to me uh, and in my heart because uh, if you could just, you know, imagine the state I was in and processing, because uh, that was you know, right after Thanksgiving of 2020. And I had pretty much five weeks to turn in this book in. And I was just, you know, I couldn't imagine how I could do that at that moment. But luckily, I have a understanding publisher. So they gave me a little bit more time. But I think what happened there was, you know, the, the bulk of the content of the book was the same, but I knew that I had to reframe it differently in the sense of like what happened to the world and what happened with Tony. There's something bigger here than it's not just happiness. And so that's why the book title came about of Beyond Happiness. And why I went that route is that we, we of course, we want to celebrate, you know, the highs in our lives, uh, the strengths that we have and, and, and all the, the good stuff and the positive stuff. But we also really, really need to recognize our lows um, and our shadow sides and our, you know, blind spots. And I think there was a big lesson learned, not just from Tony's passing, but I think of what happened to all of us in some ways, because I'm sure everyone had some form of loss uh, that's listening to this podcast. And so really thrust those questions uh, to how are we living our lives? You know, how are we being real with those moments of, 
what, you know, when we wake up in the morning, do we feel solid? Do we feel grounded uh, that we're making the most of the minutes that we spend in the course of a day? Because at the end of the day, that's all we really have, whether we're at work or in life. So that's when the, um, the angle uh, and, the, and the title came up is to get more real with ourselves as leaders and really allow the space for people that we you know lead our teams our companies to feel that too and i know this is kind of like basically touching the the whole uh you know our, our mental space right now and this is such a big topic right now in terms of you know when we see Simone Biles and, and the Olympics and and say no I'm not going to do this because I'm not you know in a, in a good state that and was that was an amazing brave thing that she did exactly she could, yeah. she, if she'd have said if she'd have kept it inside and mm-hmm. gone out and did something at the level she has to perform at and at the way she was feeling, if she's not a hundred percent focused, she, mm-hmm. she breaks her neck, perhaps paralyzes herself, even dies. Uh, right. that's how that's, and that, that's an extreme example. I mean, you know, if, an, if a leader comes to work and is feeling down that day or, or, you know, it, I know this, there's not even a comparison I can make to this, I think would make sense, but it's like, you know, so maybe they aren't on their game that day and they lose a few dollars. Okay. But you know, there's tomorrow, <laughs> right. but you're not breaking your neck or, or killing yourself to do it. Hey, yeah. let's take a break. Uh, when I come back, I want to talk more about this leadership mindset and why it's important. And, um, you know, I know you've looked into this scientifically as well. So I want to know, like, you know, there's research to back why this mm-hmm. is important and everybody listening. I, I also want to kind of throw this out. And I don't know if it's accurate or not, but you can come back and tell me. But I think when it comes to what we're talking about, everybody can be a leader, not just mm-hmm. the leadership of a company. So exactly. let's go there. When we get back, we're going to take a short break. Don't go away. We're coming right back with Jen Lim, the author of Beyond Happiness. When interacting with a customer, customer service professionals require background and context on the customer's history with the business. But too often, they do not know where or how to access that information. Well, the solution is simple. Organizations must arm their customer service teams with technology that can help make their jobs easier and ultimately offer better customer service, which, of course, also benefits the brand. With MindBreeze Inspire, customer service representatives can easily and quickly search for and find the answers they're looking for to help resolve customers' issues or their inquiries. MindBreeze is a leading enterprise search and information insight provider offering efficient knowledge management for large enterprises. Check them out at inspire.mindbreeze.com. That's inspire.mindbreeze.com. to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio talking with Jen Lim, not Jem Lim. <laughs> <laughs> the author of Beyond Happiness. And this excellent book is available everywhere books are sold. Uh, we were just talking, Jen, about um, how I believe the things you're talking about while I know this is applying to the person who comes in that leads a company, but Mm -hmm. really shouldn't everybody feel this way or does everybody feel this way? Therefore, uh, a buddy of mine, Mark Sanborn, don't know if you know Mark or not, uh, but he had a great quote once. He said, you don't need a title to be a leader. Mm. And I wonder, I think as I read through this, I think to myself, 
it is for leadership, but it's also for anybody that has that ability to anywhere in the company where they work, be a leader, so to speak, even without the title. Exactly. And I love that you brought that up. And it's a great quote. Uh, Essentially, this, as you could tell, like it was uh, aimed at from the audience of like leaders of companies and teams, etc. But what, one of the main points I wanted to make in the book is that when you're being authentic, you are a leader in itself. And it's you can be a leader at work and in life if you choose to be. And that's the biggest difference of whether or not you see yourself as a leader, no matter what role or title that you have. Bingo. I'll give you an example. Yep. Yeah, I'll give you an example. So there's, a, there's this um, receptionist at a doctor's office. And so someone came up to me after one of my talks and he's like, oh my gosh, you know, like what you're talking about. And I'll talk about the scientific levers a little bit if you want. But one of the levers we talk about if you want to be a leader is you have a sense of autonomy, sense of control. So I was talking about that lever. And he said, you know, I know exactly what you're talking about because I love going to my doctor's office. And I was like, what, what? You know, like, who loves going to their doctor's office? And I'm not sure where this is going, but I'll yeah. go find out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you want the address, I'll let you know. <laughs> it's in New York. Uh, so he said, the last time I went, I finally realized why, because I went to the front desk. It's the same receptionist every time. And she, you know, flashed me her business card and on it, her title read, director of first impressions. Hmm. And he said, that's it's just dawned on me. That's why it's be, she's so, she owns her job you know, and she loves her work and she's a leader at work because she uh, is able to have that sense of control and autonomy. Um, and that's why I think no matter where you are in the organization, if you choose to be that leader, then you can by having this sort of sense of control other scientific happiness lovers are senses of progress, senses of connectedness, like real relationships. And of course, having a higher purpose is the most sustainable form of happiness. Yeah, I love that. So essentially, uh, the receptionist, the director of first impressions, truly owned her position. She took it to heart. It wasn't mm-hmm. just a job. She wasn't there just for money. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, there to make a living, but she assumed the responsibility quite well. I actually thought you're going to tell me the reason this leader enjoyed going to the doctor is because one of the few times where the leader was completely out of control and mm. in and and actually the person in total control was the doctor who was looking at this leader's body inside outside <laughs> and basically telling this person look, you know, you've got to start doing, I mean, I, I kind of thought, cause sometimes leaders like to go into places where they are, where they don't have to lead anymore. It's kind of a break. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Hey, let's shift gears. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you, this whole idea of happiness, there's been a huge shift in what's been happening in the workforce in the last, well, it started with the beginning of COVID. All of a sudden, everybody uh, doesn't come to work. Some people lost their jobs. Uh, Some Mm -hmm. people found ways to make money outside of what they normally did. And now many of them aren't coming back. And, uh, you know, we we jokingly call it the great, you know, it's like the recession, but it's the resignation. And Mm -hmm. um, what's going on with happiness and people saying, you know what, I don't want that anymore. I mean, is this a good thing, a bad thing? Is it scary? Good for business? Great for people? What's your take Mm -hmm. on this? Uh, My take on this is that it is so, so in alignment with the, what I'm trying to bring across in terms of like, why is this all happening? 
And on the flip side, if we reframe the great resignation, the flip side is the great awakening. And I think that's what's happening with people of, and especially in we're in a, we're still in a recession and people are just quitting and without even a second option like they're I just know. like i'm not gonna take this anymore didn't your parents ever say don't quit your job till you have another job i mean yeah. is that what we were always told <laughs> that's like this old school mentality now so for me that's that's kind of mind-blowing i mean four million people in the u.s alone in april quit their jobs without you know without uh, paying too much mind that we're still in recession. So what I think is happening and kind of mentioned this at the beginning of this podcast is that we had all this time to be in Zoom land and be in our houses and be locked up and be in quarantine to think. And being out of the office and having basically integration of our work and life in a way we'd never really experienced before brought us those questions that I think a lot of people started you know, pondering some more on the practical side of, I'm not going to go back to work. I don't want to go back to the office. I want my flex hours. I want to spend time with my kids. I actually want to hang out with my spouse. Those kind of things are like more practical. But then I think there's they're more on the higher level thinking of the spiritual side and purpose side of, wait a second, is this how I want to spend my life? Is this how I want to align myself with what's most important to me? After seeing people you know, get hurt, pass away, and a lot of, you know, bad you know, social unrest, all those things that made us think, what's most important to me, and how am I going to live by that now? So I think that's what's causing this big sense of resignation and awareness and awakening, is that people are more aligned with who they really are. And that's what I really wanted to touch and in, in deep dive in the book of, of authenticity. Because uh, when you can be that self-aware, to be able to truly hold that mirror up and be honest with yourself of what's most important. What are the things that really, you know, get me going and, and pet me up and feel meaning like that I provide meaning in, in this world. And what are the things that are not so great that I need to work on and be more aware of so that I can be a more whole person at work and at, in life. So I think that's the big cause of it, but I think it's a good thing overall. I, I mean, mm. I'm actually more excited by it, this whole, um, you know, new wave of, of thinking and learning and, and being able to bring that to the workplace. Well, I know I wish I'd have a, 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 have a lot more time to talk about this, but let's take another short dive into what's an employer to do. You know, mm -hmm. we now understand from you where the mindset is of the employee. We want to create this environment that makes people want to come to work and be happy. We yeah. absolutely do. So what can we do to make that happen and get people to stop resigning, but start applying? Yeah, totally. I mean, I think number one, as people have been actively speaking to leaders that are just saying they're just leaving and not, and they're not doing anything about it. The leaders aren't doing anything about it, but I think number one, you can learn so much by asking them why and actually listening because maybe that was part of the problem why they're leaving in the first place because there was no active, transparent, honest dialogue as to where these people are in terms of their work world and life. So on the flip side of that and how to actually keep retaining and attracting the right people that you want, we believe in the whole, you know, authenticity goes into the wholeness of the person. So treating them for their whole life and respecting them for their whole life, not just what they bring to the table from their skill sets, you know, their, their role uh, at the workplace, but really respecting who they are as a human being. So we have a bit of a, 
uh, like a few exercises in the book, one of them I'll just bring up right now is called the wheel of wholeness. And if you can imagine a pie with all these different pieces and for every person, just realize that they have for every piece, there's a mental piece, there's an emotional piece, there's a relational this is a slice of the pie. These are all slices of the pie. Yeah. And, and uh, there's like um, the financial piece, you know, and there's of course the purposeful piece or spiritual piece. If you put these pieces all together and just actually let people know you care about the wholeness of them and let them do these exercises themselves. So they're actually, you know, self-selecting which pieces are most important, which ones are going well and which ones are kind of crappy. But then becomes this dialogue that's like, you're, it's not just your work self that you're a leader cares about. It's this holistic person. And I think that as leaders, especially now in this, you know, future of work and future of work is now happening, the more people see that we respect them inside and outside of, of you know, their specific role and title, then they'll want to be there longer, be more loyal and all those things that we always talk about, productive, engaged, and, you know, just be a better and bigger asset to the company. Right. Well, if there was a reason, and there are many, but if there was just one reason to get this book, Beyond Happiness, the exercise that you just shared is worth thousands of times more than you'll ever invest in this book, a million times more for some organizations. To be able to identify all that drives the person at work, being, you know, a sense of uh, appreciation of, uh, you know, a good responsibility, some fulfillment at work, what's important to them outside of work, uh, you know, spiritually, personally, relationship wise, to recognize mm-hmm. these pieces of the pie, and then have people be able to self assess, and maybe use that, you know, information they now have to try to create a better role for themselves inside the company and outside the company for that matter. And the leader mm-hmm. to recognize this and push this forward, um, how can that not be beneficial? And ideally, yeah. we'll stop seeing the resignations and more people staying and more people clamoring. There are still businesses today that have a waiting list of people to come to work because mm-hmm. they're that good. There's like, a, there's people that want to come in, but they're not going to get in. Somebody has to leave, retire unfortunately, maybe pass away before the opening's there. All right, Mm -hmm. we are down to the last minute or two of our show today. And as you know, the one thing question is coming. What's that one thing, that one nugget of information you want to share with us would be great if you can pull it from the book. Just another reason to come back and say, hey, buy this book. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, wow. One, One thing. I would say that just... The biggest thing I think one of the themes that I think is uh, what I was trying to drive is as leaders, we're always trying to take care of others. You know, that's part of our jobs. That's what our role and responsibility is all about. But I think one thing we forget is about putting our own our own oxygen mask on first. Um, and it's probably because we're not flying as much anymore. So we don't hear it all the time and when we board the flights. But <laughs> the reality is for me, what I've learned a lot in the last year and a half is that uh, nurture your own greenhouse as you grow others and hand in hand, um, keep that top of mind uh, as you go on, make your decisions in, in work and life. Wow. Brilliant. And that is why I'm going to go back to something, even though it was a, a minor slip up of my mouth where I said, gem limb. Well, Jen <laughs> limb is a gem. She just shared wisdom that is uh, it's deep. And if you're a leader, you need to be listening to this. If you aren't 
truly the role of a leader in your company. You're still a leader and have the ability to be a leader in everything you do. The book, again, it's titled Beyond Happiness. I know I've been pushing this book throughout the show here today, but I do love the book and I love everything that Jen does. Thank you so much for being on our show today. Thank you, Chef. I, I also believe you're a gem too. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you very much. All right, everybody, that wraps it up. Another episode of Amazing Business Radio. And I promise you, we will be back next week with another great interview. Until then, this is Shep Hyken reminding you to always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank <laughs> you.